You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. I believe it's April 20th, last time I checked. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> Let's go with April 20th. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what it is. That's what the calendar says, so I'm going to go with that. that that's Happy a date Monday, on my everybody. calendar. Happy Monday. Yeah. Happy Monday, and that also means that it is Mental Health Monday, so we get to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in just a little bit. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time for Mental Health Monday. Sarah, are you ready for Mental Health Monday? I am absolutely ready for Mental Health Monday. You're like, I'm always ready for Mental Health Monday, any day of the week. Mental Health Monday, any day. (laughs) Good morning, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Are you ready for quarantine? I didn't say that right. See, I like messed up my own joke. Quarantine. What time is it? It's quarantine. Quarantine. Yes. I think we're going to talk about that today, right? Like making some joy in light of the situation. Exactly. Exactly. So last week we we talked about uh, fear of missing out and joy of missing out. Can you give us a quick recap of the the fear of missing out and the joy of missing out? For some of those, for some people, those are everyday words, FOMO and maybe JOMO. I've heard FOMO more than JOMO, but uh, maybe a quick recap of what those are. Sure. FOMO is, like you said, this acronym that's been created, especially with the advent of social media. And then since like sociologists and psychologists have been researching the impact of social media on our culture and on our family lives and things like that and on our psychology, they've discovered there's this phenomenon that we call FOMO, the fear of missing out, which is essentially when we open our social media feed and we see people doing cool stuff and we have this response that's pretty unique where we uh, have a fear that we are the only people, you know, not involved in that situation, that we are the ones missing out on that thing. And then it kind of quantifies into, you know, we're missing out on everything and our lives aren't good enough. And we do the whole like not enough spiral, as I like to call it. And so that's the fear of missing out. I think this has always existed. I think we've had a response like this to many things in life. And well before social media, I was in high school and feeling like I was the only one missing out at an event, the only person who didn't get the invitation, you know. And we talked a little bit last time about maybe our experiences as real small children on the playground or when our parents were uh, watching TV without us or our siblings left us out. We all have those moments where we felt left out. And so those are intimately connected to the way we respond when we open those social media feeds in ways that I don't think we quite understand. And so just being aware of that is really helpful. Then the joy of missing out or JOMO is a newer idea I do not know who coined it. It might very well be Brene Brown or someone in that shame and vulnerability research sphere, if you will, but it is a response. So we need anecdotes, if you will, to the things that plague us. And we know as Christians that Jesus is the antidote to everything. You know, really at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer, not just for Sunday school, but for everything. But what does that look like? JOMO is something, excuse me, that 
that uh, secular researchers have identified that we have the ability to find joy in missing out on things instead of the fear of missing out. So when I open that social media feed and I see somebody doing something, number one, I can be like, wow, that's really cool for them and be happy for that place that they find themselves in. And then number two, also be totally fine with the fact that I don't want to be doing stuff 24-7 and I don't want someone else's life. I kind of like my life. And so the, the JOMO of life is found in those two pieces, kind of some contentment for ourselves in our life, as well as joy for other people. And so I think we're going to dig in a little bit more to that today. And I just think it's really important we start with that foundation of we have unchanging joy in Jesus Christ. You know, he alone gives us joy. That said, he also brings so much extra joy into our life. And so what we're going to work on today is identifying the other layers of joy he brings beyond his constant life and salvation that he brings to us, no matter what is around us. Yeah. And I think uh, something that, that just came to me, uh, it, where does where does happiness fall into this is is when we talk about joy of missing out uh does does joy equal happiness or is that a different emotion that has its own place in this whole spectrum of what we're going through right now that was like two months ago sarah <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, we covered that, but no, no, no. I love when we recover things because whenever we reattack something, it means that it's a question that we all have frequently, and that's important for us to recognize. So I think you're right, Sarah. Like, I don't think we can escape this conversation without like touching on that a little bit. One thing right. I would say is that there is a difference between joy and happiness, but I believe that the difference is slightly overblown if you will. So for a while in Christian culture, we felt like the best way to tackle people's discontentment with happiness and their turning to things that were not healthy for them and turning away from God, even in their happy, like quest for happiness was to separate these two things. I would say that in my biblical study and in talking to other theologians that I don't think the difference is quite as large as the Christian church wants it to be. Like we, we really want happiness to be this like secular idea that God doesn't care about. And then joy to be this like Christian um, kind of Karos thing. And it is true that there are some differences in the biblical language and that's for an entire 12 week small group study session. You know, I don't know that we can hash that out right here today, but know this, God cares most about Jesus and salvation. Like at the end of the day, these things mean nothing if it's not about Jesus and his life giving death and resurrection for us, because that's eternal. That's the only thing that lasts. And so, you know, there is joy in that, knowing that I'm going to spend eternity with God. I do think that uh, happiness is something God also cares about. He delights in us. And I would say that that delight language of scripture and us taking delight in his word is more related to our experience of happiness, more of that uh, momentary uh, thing that we alight on in this world that changes quite a bit. Uh, but God does care about it. And I think we have done Christians a disservice when we say that God is only concerned with joy and not concerned with happiness. I would say that it is true that 
He's concerned with joy most because he's concerned with Jesus most. And that's identified as a fruit of the spirit that doesn't change in Jesus. But at the same time, God values our happiness and he wants to hear from us about our happiness, but he just, he doesn't need us to feel happy. I think that's not like a need of God for us to like be uh, just enjoying our life all the time. It's so great. I just love it. That's not God's jam. If you read the Bible, there's a lot of suffering and a lot of struggle and he values that suffering and struggle just as much. (laughs) Tell me why you're laughing, Andy. I must know. Because you said it's not his jam. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's all good. Go ahead. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> okay. So, so now that we have that out of the way, <laughs> uh, what, um, what are some steps to finding that joy of missing out? And we'll, we'll cover this now. And then after, after we come back from our break as well. Yes, sure. So the first step I think is really focusing on the small things of life rather than the big moments of life. We get so wrapped up in this idea that, you know, the mountaintop experience is what we're going for. And I also think that's why we get so wrapped up in happiness. You know, we want that all encompassing feeling and the bigger the feeling of happiness, the better, the more we can attend to it. And perhaps that should take us back to our series we just did on emotions that we need to be kind of in touch with our emotions at a lower level instead of waiting and needing them to be really big for us to identify what they are. But just looking around us and looking for those small things that God puts into our life and being able to see him in that, I think is a really powerful thing for us to see that joy of Jesus. You know, we know we have life and salvation it's so hard sometimes for us to see how that impacts our every day. And so being able to see all the ways that God is providing in that second article, no, I think it's first article of the creed, man, I really need to study that a little bit better. The first article of the creed provider way where he's Mm -hmm. giving us all that we need. And that is a special place that we can sit before God and let him tend to us that will bring that joy to the surface. And it'll be easier for us to identify when we focus on small things. So we talked about before in this program, like sunshine on your face, like that feels pretty amazing when you sit in that for three seconds. And so we can do the same thing with, you know, sitting with a worship song or sitting with one of our favorite hymns. I know that you like to do that, Sarah, and identifying (laughs) uh, the language of it instead of just kind of like going through it really quickly like we normally do. You know, what are some small things Andy talked about last week being in the garden and in the dirt with his son and growing things? That's a tiny thing, really, when you think of it. But Jesus, his life and salvation is connected to that. He's providing for us and values that moment with us. And so can you see how those small things kind of make a big difference in the way we view joy in our life? Sure, sure. And yeah. and I appreciate that that you you made the distinction between first article gifts and, and, and second article gifts as well. And uh, because... I can really appreciate these things as first article gifts. They're things to enjoy in this life. Um, they're, and they're, they're good things because we know who the giver of these things is. Um, and, and, and so 
we can be thankful for those things and and find uh, joy in them as well. There's there's nothing wrong with being appreciative and and enjoying the good gifts our Father has given. The first article gifts that our Father has given us. I mean, thanks be to God mm-hmm. for those things. I, I know that. Um, don't tell my son this yet, but uh, he's been working hard to earn a pet fish, and so he uh, I think he, he he gets to enjoy that soon. So. Um, He's earned his rewards, but it's a surprise. He doesn't know, so nobody tell him that yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we will not. We will be careful. But that's that's yeah. one of those first article gifts. I think that that he's going to enjoy, and there are also some other benefits that are come out, going to come out of that as well about learning responsibility and things like that. And he'll find joy, but there will also be, I'm sure, some sorrow in that because it's a pet fish. Mm-hmm. And, and right. We, know where that goes. <laughs> we do know where that goes. Yeah. And I think after the break, we will likely touch on the question of what happens then when you don't have those things? You know, that's always the glaring right. question. What happens when the fish does die? Sorry. Yeah. And what happens when um, we, we are people who don't have the food we need? Or, you know, mm-hmm. when I am missing out and someone didn't actually invite me to the event. And so we'll touch on step two, which I think addresses those those struggles of finding joy in the more second article of consistency of God in life and salvation in Jesus Christ as well. Very good. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We'll be right back. On Monday's Law and Gospel, we will be examining a reading from the passages chosen for the following Sunday with the intent to learn what the verses say about Jesus and also to be comforted with the gospel message of how the life and sufferings of our Lord provide us with both the forgiveness of sins and the robe of righteousness. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, host of Thy Strong Word, taking your questions as we go through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter. Let's read together with guest pastors from around the country and the church around the world, taking chapters and verses together in context, every passage fitting together in the Lord Jesus, because He is the Word of God. Let's read together. Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Websites selling binary options claim they are low-cost, high-reward investments. What they don't tell you is that binary options are high-risk bets where the odds are stacked against you, that withdrawing money is often almost impossible, and the representatives will contact you with intense sales tactics or even threats. Protect yourself. Don't let anyone pressure you into making investments or quick decisions. Visit MissouriProtectsInvestors.com to learn more. 
Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State's Investor Education and Protection Fund. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, as we usually do here on Mental Health Monday. We're talking about the fear of missing out and the joy of missing out. And we were talking about some of those first article gifts uh, right before we went to the break there, um, mm-hmm. and, and that we can appreciate those first article gifts and be thankful for them. We can enjoy them because they're from the giver of all good gifts. Um, before we went to break, though, Heidi, you mentioned what about when those gifts um, aren't there, when we when we we don't have food or when the pet fish dies, mm-hmm. um, where do we go? What about that? I think we get ourselves into trouble when we focus on one part of ourselves and value it more than another. And so that's where we really run into troubles with happiness. You know, we listen to our emotions and we let them tell us what to do. And we've talked on this program before about how emotions are informants, they're not leaders. You know, we can't necessarily follow them around. And so when we see and feel like God has been unfaithful, basically, that's what happens when that wells up and we see that we don't have food or we haven't been invited to the party. And I'm not saying that those things are equated, but in our internal selves, they come up the same way. And it says to our uh brain, there's these signals that go off that feels very overwhelming. And we can kind of start to spiral down considering that we're not loved, that we are deserted, that we're abandoned, and that God is unfaithful toward us or doesn't care about us. And so I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I think we just need to recognize that those things come up and they come up really quickly for us. And so being able to recognize them and call them out for what they are is really helpful. And so that's where we want to focus on our body, our mind, our heart, and our spirit. And biblically, these are things that God tells us are parts of ourselves. And we don't want to ignore our our mental capacity for what's going on emotionally. We want to be able to say, hey, you know, connect those two dots that God has given us. We also don't want to ignore our emotions for our mental capacity and just think our way out of it because we all know how that goes. How good are all of us at thinking our way out of trouble? <laughs> you know, We're not. Instead, check in and be honest about those emotions that are coming up and connect them to our brain, connect them to our prefrontal cortex, which which can reason and do all of those senses that Luther talks about, you know, our reason and all of our senses, but then also our spirit matters. You know, the Holy Spirit is inside of us and we don't want to neglect his voice and, and put our own before it. And so listening to all of those places and spaces and checking in with them is one way we can come to a space where we honestly hear about who God is, what God is doing in first, second, and third article gifts, if you will, instead of just hearing one piece of the puzzle. And we always want to do that around his word. You know, his word is always leading us in the right direction. It's all about Jesus. And so we won't be led astray when we open the Bible as we do those things. What does that look like in uh, in daily practice uh, when mm-hmm. we come across a situation where we feel an emotion of of sadness or of um, 
of being left out or of jealousy or or mis dis discontent is that i think mm -hmm. that's the word mm -hmm. is, uh, yeah. what what does that look like then when we come across those those emotions and realize that that we aren't in that place of of joy in christ yeah the first step is really recognizing the emotion and if you can name it that's even better that granularity really helps us identify what we need and so name the emotion recognize that it needs attention and i think this is where we open the bible you know this is where we want to turn to either those memory verses that we have stored up in our heart or we want to open the Psalms, especially because they usually tackle things of emotion, or we can open the letter to the Romans or the Ephesians or some Philippians, something that's kind of familiar to us, if you will, so that we don't feel kind of overwhelmed by the, the biblical construct and trying to connect the dots, but open the Bible listen to what your body is telling you emotionally, and then ask for God's help in identifying what the truth is, you know, and how much he loves you in this. And so I like to consider these questions. What am I feeling? And then what am I thinking? And what is God saying? And so those are three questions we want to use in our practice of, you know, working through the struggle and identifying uh, what is God's truth versus what is my physical experience as a human and, and hold those both up as valid, but understand that God's truth always wins at the end of the day. He is always more correct than I am. I'm a sinful human being. And so that I think that practice will help us sort through those things a little bit better. So what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And what is God saying? Sure. God's word being objective truth and what I'm feeling and uh, what I'm thinking, those things change. God's word is unchanging. Yeah. So what am I, you know, thinking, uh, um, paying attention to what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling right now and how does that impact um, what's going on? And yeah, that makes sense to me. So where, where do we go from here, Heidi? Um, paying yeah. attention to all those things and, and, and certainly giving, um, the great value to placing great value in God's word, his objective truth. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think just before we go to the third step, identifying that God doesn't devalue what we're feeling or thinking. You know, God doesn't abide in sin, but we have Jesus Christ. And so even if what we're thinking or feeling is sinful, we have that covered in Jesus Christ so we can lay it honestly before God. He knows everything anyway. So us hiding it and shoving it deep down inside of us is not helping anything. Uh, so that space also brings confession out, I think, of our emotions and helps us wrestle through what emotions are helpful for us, what is not helpful, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Radio moments with Heidi, but helps us wrestle with them instead of, I think, shoving them deep down. And then what happens is when we open that social media feed, that fear of missing out gets kind of bigger and bigger in our life because we haven't allowed a space for them to uh, be before God and to kind of confess and let him tend to those struggles. So the third, the third step I would say in the fear of missing out to the joy of missing out and getting to more of that joy of missing out when we see those things is being in a space where we can use language 
that is joy filled. Uh, so sometimes we have to say the words before we believe it in our hearts or think it in our heads. <laughs> so this is where we want to use the language of quarantine. As we said, we're going <laughs> to practice the language of quarantine. So things that are helpful are uh, language that helps us rejoice in other people's stuff, like we said. Uh, for instance, I'm so happy for them. You don't have to believe it. That's a faux pas of culture that you need to believe everything you say. No, instead, being honest internally with what you're going through, but also using language that helps reshape your mind. You know, that whole rewriting on our brains, these neural pathways that say something else instead of what was previously written there. I think that Paul tackles that when he talks about fixing our minds on things above, you know, saying God gave them these gifts. I have different gifts. That's the language of the joy of missing out. Mm. And we have like, oh, about a minute left <laughs> just as we're digging in. No, all good stuff, all, all very valuable stuff today in stuff that there's a better word than stuff for this, but um, we are, we insights. are all just a great Monday mess. Insights, <laughs> valuable insights um, with a few mm -hmm. seconds left. Oh, one thing that you've enjoyed missing out. Uh, Heidi, and then we'll give Sarah a few seconds too. One thing I've enjoyed missing out, we talked about this last week, is like meetings. Oh my goodness. Like I just do not love meetings. It is, <laughs> I know that they can be really good, but man, they just, they hurt. I do not love them. And so I've had a lot less meetings and a lot more stuff done by email and texting and stuff. And that gives me so much joy. Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm still connecting, but I don't have to be like in this meeting that feels really unproductive. That's with five, 10 seconds, Sarah, what, what have you enjoyed missing out? Uh, rigid schedules in true millennial fashion. There you go. There you go. That's a yeah, whole other mental health Monday. That's right. I'm finding joy in missing out on rigid schedules too. Thanks everybody for mental health Monday. Thanks Deacon and Heidi Gaiman. We'll see you next time. All right. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm